Guys, before we get into today's episode, I have a really important announcement I want to make sure you do not miss. March is going to be a really exciting month in the Primal Potential universe, and I wanted you to be the first to know that I am hosting a completely free training on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You do need to register, and the easiest way for you to do that is to just find me on Instagram and message me with the word tips, T-I-P-S, tips, and I'll send you the link to register. Otherwise, I'm going to make a point to put it in the show descriptions, but message me tips. It'll go to you automatically. Get in touch with me in any way you can if you want that link to register, and for some reason you can or can't figure out how to message me with the word tips, but that's going to be the easiest way because here's the thing. There's a lot of things that we want to be able to do intuitively, automatically, without so much hard work and effort. But to get to the point where you're doing it intuitively and as a matter of habit, you've got to do it intentionally. And that comes with a lot of challenges, whether those challenges are our own excuses, our fears of failure, All of the past times we've tried and failed that make us doubt that we can do it, or maybe it's social situations that pull us away from our goals. I want to walk you through a process of creating your own personal protocol that takes into account all of the unique factors about you, your preferences, your lifestyle, your most common excuses, your fears and your doubts. And I want to take you through that process live in a format where I can answer your questions in real time. And we're going to be doing that on this free training that again is Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Find me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Message me the word tips, T-I-P-S, and I'll automatically send you that link so it can happen really fast. You don't have to wait on my reply. That's the best and easiest way. I'll also, moving forward, make a point to put the link in the show description, but I really want you to be there. It is live. You do have to register. It is Thursday, March 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Mark your calendar. Make sure to register. I also have some pretty exciting announcements Maybe the most exciting things that have happened in Primal Potential in the last almost 10 years or coming up on 10 years, I really want you to be there. Message me the word tips. I'll automatically kick you that registration link. If for some reason you can't do that, send a smoke signal, flag me down, find a way to get in touch with me. I want you to be there. Mark your calendar now, and I will plan to see you for that live training Thursday, March 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. I hope that you are having an amazing day so far today. We're going to be talking about overeating today. And the reason for that is several questions came in around this topic, around overeating, turning to food in response to emotion, the binge restrict cycle, all of that. So we're going to get into those questions. And I'm also going to share other episodes that I've done on this topic. I've done a lot of episodes on overeating, binge eating, how to stop overeating. So 
I'll definitely point you in those directions as well. Today I'm giving away my favorite general probiotic. And I like to think of a general probiotic as like a multivitamin, right? So many times people say, well, I'm already taking a probiotic. And they'll tell me about a probiotic that they're taking for their gut or immunity, and it doesn't contain the strains that maybe they need for things like anxiety or depression or things like weight management. So when we talk about a general probiotic, we're talking about those digestive and immune system strains. Somebody reached out to me and said, you know, I'm taking GBX Fit, which is geared towards weight management. Isn't that enough for a probiotic? And the answer is no, because that's not a probiotic that supports your immune system. It's not a probiotic that supports gut health. It has strains that do different things. Just like if you're taking a multivitamin, you might need a separate vitamin D supplement because either the multivitamin doesn't have vitamin D or doesn't have enough vitamin D. So that's kind of how we have to think about probiotics. I'm going to give that away at the end of the show. You can win just by leaving a review of this podcast on whatever app that you listen. So I will announce the winner at the end of the show. And I'll also link to that general probiotic that I love in the show description. The first question says, how do you recommend I deal with anxiety without eating, without turning to food? Obviously, I need to begin this by saying I'm not a therapist, and if you are somebody who feels like you have anxiety that goes beyond normal human experience, get help. See a professional. I I said this to my uh, to when we were on live with the folks in the change ma- and the consistency course last week. I was like, I think everybody would benefit from being in therapy, but especially if you are somebody who is struggling with anxiety, some anxiety is normal. I recently went out with Chris and another couple and we went to a show and as we walked in, I had this moment of pretty intense anxiety around something specific at that event, but it felt very much within the realm of normal, like something had happened previously that made me think about this thing. It didn't stop me from enjoying the event. I didn't feel like... um, I wasn't able to redirect my thoughts. It didn't interrupt my ability to to live and to function. Even if you feel like your anxiety is not interrupting your ability to function, like you still might benefit from a therapist. So I'm not a therapist. I don't play one on the internet. Let's start with that. To the question, how do we deal with anxiety without eating? One of the things I talk about constantly, and this is a thing that I teach on in the consistency course all the time is becoming a better thinker. One of the things that comes to mind to me along the lines of becoming a better thinker, because when we have anxiety, we we intellectualize, we think about it, we have thoughts that flow from that feeling. There is a difference between a solution and a distraction. So let's say that I'm feeling anxious about Chris driving someplace at night. Food is not a solution to a worry about Chris driving at night. Food could be a distraction, a temporary distraction. But when I am doing the work of becoming a better thinker, I say to myself, turning to food is a distraction that is different from a solution. So what would be a solution? Perhaps part of your solution is working with a therapist. Perhaps part of your solution is redirecting your thoughts. Perhaps part of your solution is prayer. That is one I turn to a lot. And that's when I had this anxiety moment the other night. 
that's what I was doing. I was reciting in my mind Bible verses about not having fear, do not be afraid, all of those kinds of things that I know are from God, whereas fear, I do not believe, is from God. So there are many things that can be in the category of solutions. Eating is not in the category of solution. I say this all the time that food is only the answer when hunger is the problem, right? If you are hungry, if your body needs nourishment, then food would be an appropriate solution. If you are bored, if you are anxious, if you are stressed, if you are tired, if you are overwhelmed, food is not the solution. Food is a distraction. It is tough to break down how to become a better thinker in a podcast. I mean, that's why the consistency course exists and it's a huge part of the consistency course and it's something we teach on constantly. But ultimately, we have to slow down and engage with our thoughts. I notice that I'm feeling anxious. I notice that I'm starting to talk myself into food. But I also know that I have other options. And there are other ideas that I could entertain. I also know that even if I'm tempted to eat in response to this feeling, I do not have to. I can feel an urge and not act on an urge. The other thing about anxiety is that a lot of anxiety can flow from hormonal challenges or microbiome challenges. So I would also look at healing, healing your body. When we heal our gut, when we restore optimal microbial balance, when we balance our hormones through what we eat, sleep, stress management, all of those things, we lower anxiety. We also reduce cravings. But one of the really powerful things is this link between food and anxiety and depression. Food is a healer. It is a powerful healer. So if you think to yourself, okay, if I'm going to eat, then let me eat things that are healing. Let me eat in quantities that are healing. Overeating is a stressor. So I can eat and I can choose foods that nourish my body and heal me. And I can choose to turn to them when my body needs food, not when my body doesn't need food. And I can also choose amounts that are aligned with my goals and aligned with health versus amounts that are not aligned with my goals and not aligned with health. The next question says, what's the best way and the first step to stop binging and restricting? So I cannot generalize and say, this is the first step for everybody because everyone is different. And there's not a right first step and a wrong first step, but rather a first step that is best for a particular individual. Just this morning, I was on the phone with a client uh, inside the consistency course. We do one-on-one calls and um, she was talking about several nutritional improvements that she needed to make, right? Her breakfast was absolutely not aligned with fat loss and it was aligned with hunger and cravings, but we weren't starting there. We were starting with over-consuming sugar and treats later in the day. For somebody else, breakfast might be a really easy, achievable first place to start. There is no first step that is the right first step. And that's why we can't fall for people out there that are saying, everybody needs to do it this way. Sure, it's oversimplified and that's very attractive because we want something that says, this is going to work. But everybody's journeys are very different and very individual and we have to consider that. So here are, and the same thing goes for, you know, the question was, what's the best way in the first step? There's also not a best way and a worst way, but rather 
a way that feels doable for you, a way that aligns with your goals and lifestyle. And that might be different from a a slightly different version or approach that works better for somebody else. There isn't a best way. There isn't a first step that is appropriate for everybody. Let me first point you to some other episodes that I've done on this. If you are struggling with binge eating, make note. Episode 808, 808, Overcome Binge Eating and Heal Your Relationship with Food. Um, 534 is also a binge eating episode. 148 is a binge eating episode. 151 is an overeating binging episode. 314, 527, 338, 314. I'm going to go through those again. 808, 534, 148, 151, 314, 527, 338, 31. I already said 314. Okay. Check out those episodes. Check out those episodes. A big reason that a lot of people go in this binge restrict cycle is because of the restrict piece. They think that in order to lose weight, they have to go on this extreme restriction. Or they think, I want to do it that way because then the results will happen faster. Just this morning, I mentioned being on a phone with a client. I recommended a small change for her. And she was like, oh, that doesn't seem like enough. The reason it doesn't seem like enough is because she wants to make progress more quickly. The challenge there is if you make a change, let's say that, you know, you're starting at this baseline point and you want to make a change that's like a 180 degree shift from where you are. And I want you to make a change that's a 10 degree shift. You're going to look at me and go, well, if I only change that tiny little bit that you're saying, I'm not going to see results very quickly. And I'm saying, well, if you make the 180 degree change, you're probably going to bounce back and forth between on and off, on and off, on and off, on and off. And so while sure, you'll lose weight faster in your on periods, you'll also put weight on faster in your off periods, whereas what I'm suggesting is this slow, gradual shift. One way to begin with that is nothing's off limits. That's not where we stay, but that can be where you start. Permission to eat what you want to eat. A lot of times it has this holy grail appeal because it was off limits. That's how my overeating started. And I hear that from so many people that in my home growing up, there were foods that were just off limits. Like, no, you can't have that. Or you can rarely have that. Or it's in some way restricted and then it made it feel like it was extra, extra special. It's kind of like if you tell your kids you can't watch TV, well, if you go out, all of a sudden there's this huge appeal and allure to TV. It's larger than life because it's like the forbidden fruit. Just because you say to yourself, and a lot of people don't want to do it because they're like, well, then I won't lose weight that way. But your on again, off again for 30 years strategy isn't really working either. A lot of people don't want to do this period of I can eat what I want, nothing's off limits because they don't want to sacrifice the results that they would get if they were on some extreme restriction plan. But again, this is not where we stay. This is just where we start. And it's a start to establish a healthy relationship with food. What I think is really amazing is if you have a desire to lose weight, take the first month And have your goal be to have whatever you want, but in a quantity 
that feels like it's not crossing that line into overindulging, right? So if you want to have ice cream, cool, have ice cream. Have a bowl full of ice cream. Don't have a pint of ice cream. If you want to have pizza, great. Have a couple slices of pizza. Don't have a whole pizza. And start to just embrace indulging without overindulging. A lot of people who have dieting history think that all indulging is bad and they've done something wrong. And unless your value is to never, ever, 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 ever have sugar, that's not my personal value. But if that's your value, then I could see how having it would be, quote, bad. But indulging in a way that doesn't cross the line to overindulging could very well be a very fine, healthy, normal part of your strategy. So look to first establish uh, a willingness and an openness to indulging without overindulging. That can be a initial step. Not necessarily the best step, the first step, could be the third step, doesn't really matter. But begin to build trust in your ability to indulge without overindulging. That overindulging tendency often comes from the fact that you are either on or you're off. And when you're off, you want to get it all out of your system. Ditch that dieting mentality. Embrace slower progress because slower progress can mean sustainable progress. Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. The other piece of this, and I mentioned this a few minutes ago, is heal your gut. Healing your gut doesn't mean that you have constipation or diarrhea or bloating or cramping or anything like that. It just means that from a history of dieting, from a history of overeating, from a history of antibiotic use or stress or lack of sleep or low quality food choices, poor quality food choices, you have kind of broken down some of this protective barrier in the gut, which means inflammation, which means more cravings, which means less satiety. So heal. Heal first and learn to indulge without overindulging. The other piece of this is the mindset piece of this. You are always convincing yourself, right? Always. This morning, I worked out with Roman and I recognized that I was convincing myself to go lighter on the weights, to not push myself, to kind of make it an easier workout. There's nothing wrong with that, but the awareness of I'm convincing myself to kind of shortcut, but I could just as easily convince myself to challenge myself to really get the most bang for my buck out of my workout. We're always convincing. We're always convincing. I'm recording this on Valentine's Day. And after my workout, I ran to the store to get some like Valentine's balloons and stuff for the kids. Hadn't done it the day before. And I saw all of these like Valentine's cookies and Valentine's cupcakes and I recognized that I was very subtly convincing myself to get something like that for Roman. And I just recognized that, yes, I can make myself, I can convince myself of that, but I can also convince myself of something else. That is always happening. That is always happening whether you notice it or not. So if you are in this binge restrict cycle, you're talking yourself into it. You're convincing yourself. This is the whole reason I created the consistency course, to bring awareness to the ways that we're using our thoughts consciously and often unconsciously to talk ourselves into things that later we're like, why did I do that? Because you talked yourself into it. Because you talked yourself into it whether you knew it or not. 
The next question says, if you're going to eat something sugary like dessert, when should you do that and should you eat something with it? Okay, so all of this needs context. What's the goal, right? Are we talking about for general health? Are we talking about if the goal is fat loss? Are we talking about, you know, obviously the answers are going to be different depending on the goal. So let's talk about if the goal is weight loss, if the goal is fat loss. The optimal time would be post-workout or later in the day, but not early in the day. And the, the optimal time would be with a meal and not in between a meal. The reason for that is, let's say that uh, you decide you're going to have a cookie and you have it at 9 o'clock at night and you had dinner at 6.30. Well, you just introduced that cookie on an empty stomach, that is going to have a greater impact on your blood sugar than if you had that cookie with your dinner of steak and broccoli and potato. Because the steak and the broccoli are going to blunt the impact of that cookie on your blood sugar. So if we're talking about hormone balance, which is part of the fat loss equation, have it instead of like as a snack in between meals, have it as dessert with a meal, starting with things like protein and veggies, having the starch or sugar at the end of the meal, but not separate from the meal. So, or post-workout, right? That would be the ideal time. The reason for that is your muscles are going to be receptive. Of course, if you just like you know, went for a walk around the block. That's not, that's movement. That's not a workout. Um, so I'm talking like lifting weights or high intensity training or something like that. Your muscles are going to be more receptive to taking some of the sugar and using it to restore muscle glycogen. All right. How do I stop wanting so much food slash how to stop overeating? Well, a big part of this is going to be getting your satiety signals in check. One part of that is what you eat. When you have a lot of sugar, a lot of processed foods, a lot of starch, you basically feed the sugar monster, the hunger and craving monster, because your blood sugar is always on a roller coaster. I experienced this so much as a kid because we grew up in a house where we had orange juice for breakfast and often cereal. And I would feel like I was hungry so shortly thereafter. I'd be like, how the hell can I be hungry? Like I just ate. I just had a bowl of sugar. I mean, I've just had a bowl, literally, I just had a bowl of cereal. How could I possibly be hungry? Or I just had a bagel. How could I possibly be hungry? And it's because of the signals that hormones send. If you have that bagel or you have the orange juice or the bowl of cereal or, you know, the Pop-Tart, your blood sugar goes up and then with the help of insulin, it comes down. And as that happens, your body prompts you to regulate blood sugar because it just came down. It prompts you with things like hunger and cravings. When you have protein, when you have fat, when you have fiber, and I mean fiber from non-starchy vegetables, not fiber from freaking Raisin Bran cereal or something like that, you keep those blood sugar levels steady. You normalize and regulate your hormones so you experience fewer hunger or fewer hunger signals and fewer cravings. Part part of, you know, wanting to eat is and wanting food as the question asks is really liking food and I think that's okay. 
I think it's okay to look forward to mealtime and enjoy eating and enjoy volume of food. I'm a volume eater, right? I dislike it when I go to a restaurant and they send, they you know give me a tiny portion because I'm like, that's not going to satisfy me. I like to have a lot of vegetables, a decent amount of protein, some fat. That's important to me. So I structure my meals accordingly. This is one of the powerful things about keeping a journal of what you eat and how you feel. I know what satisfies me and I know what doesn't satisfy me. If I were to go out for Italian food and get a big plate of pasta that has, you know, a few pieces of shrimp in it, I guarantee you, even if I have the whole big plate of pasta, I'm going to be hungry in a couple of hours and my cravings are going to go through the roof compared with if I went to the same restaurant and had steak and broccoli. What you eat influences what you want when hunger returns, cravings, and also, of course, satiety. Know what satisfies you. So in the morning, I can, if I just have primarily fat, so let's say I have some cream in my coffee and a couple of strips of bacon, I can be really satisfied for hours. But if I were to have... um, I don't know, pancakes. I would not be satisfied for long. I would have more cravings and I would be a lot more hungry. Pay attention to what satisfies you and what doesn't satisfy you. When you are somebody who enjoys eating and likes to eat, make sure you're setting yourself up for success that way. I do not sit down for dinner to have a single chicken thigh and you know, five spears of asparagus. That's not going to satisfy me. So alternatively, I might have a big bowl of spaghetti squash and top it with a generous amount of uh, ground beef and tomatoes and basil and that sort of thing. Know thyself. Know thyself. Know what satisfies you and what doesn't satisfy you and work accordingly. And then also, when you have things that you consider to be indulgences, whether that's mashed potatoes or that's cookies, make sure that they're worth it. Make sure you're fully present. You're not multitasking. You're not eating it while you watch TV or scroll on your phone, right? Because then you're not getting that psychological satisfaction from it. And make sure that you're practicing, this is a practice, the difference between indulging and overindulging. There is a ton of science that shows if we're having something to eat, whether it's pizza or it's cake, the first bite is the most satisfying. And from there, every subsequent bite generates less pleasure than the bite before it. And there's eventually a drop off where it's really not that pleasurable. So we're eating more out of something to do than we are eating because it's super pleasurable. That pleasure factor drops off really quickly. So pay attention. I'm always asking myself, like, am I still really loving this? Do I want to keep going? Am I okay to stop? Knowing that you can always have more, it goes back to this mentality of restriction. A lot of times the reason we overeat is because we tell ourselves, I can't have any more of this once I'm done, or I'm going to be back on some super strict rigid plan the next day, so I need to get it out of my system. That mentality has got to go if you want to be successful over the long term. Okay. One thing that I wanted to mention about this whole process of overeating, and this, this might ruffle some feathers, but I'm cool with that. If you overeat, it's because you've made it convenient to overeat. Just like 
If you work too much, you've made it convenient to work too much. You can also make it inconvenient. You can make it inconvenient to overeat. You can make it inconvenient to work too much. You can make it inconvenient to overspend. You can create a new system. Part of this, know thyself, set yourself up for success, but also whatever you want to have be your routine, make it as convenient as possible. I cook up two or three spaghetti squashes every single week and a big batch of chicken soup because when I'm hungry, I want it to be convenient to grab something that's aligned with my goals. I also want it to be inconvenient to make some to grab something that's not aligned with my goals. When I get snacks for Roman, I do not get snacks that I want to eat. I made this mistake once. I got him um, like a Whole Foods version of like Teddy Grahams, kind of cookie crackers kind of thing. And I, no, that just doesn't work for me because I will just mindlessly or semi-consciously grab them, eat them, enjoy them. But there are things that I can get that he likes that have no appeal to me. So those are the snacks that I get him. When I was at the store today for Valentine's Day, there was like a six pack of cupcakes. A, I knew that they weren't going to be worth it. I knew they weren't going to be high quality. I'd rather go to a bakery where I can buy one single one that's really, really good. And then even if I have it, we only have one. Even if I share it with Ro, we still only have one versus like a six pack. I wanted it to be quality, but I also didn't want to get something that would really have a a draw for me. So instead, I got him a little thing of jelly beans. A, it was a much smaller amount than six whole cupcakes. And B, I don't really give a shit about jelly beans. They wouldn't hold any appeal to me whatsoever. So I'm making it convenient for me to eat well. And I'm making it inconvenient for me to eat things that aren't aligned with my goals. If I had brought in a six-pack of cupcakes, I would have been making it convenient for me to have cupcakes. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. You can design a system that supports you and your goals. And if you find that you're continuously overeating, that you're continuously binging, that you're doing this binge restrict stuff, you are making it convenient to do that. Part of that can be through your environment. Part of that can be through your thoughts. Part of it can be something else. But just know you can change that. You can think of a new way to approach it. You can have new thoughts around your patterns. You can put a new system in place new environmental elements to support what it is that you want. And I think we all have the opportunity to do this. We all have the opportunity to get better at this. Let me go through, before I tell you who is going to win the probiotics today, let me just go back over episodes I've done on overeating and binge eating. Write these down. 808, 534, 148, 151, 314, 527, 338. Those are episodes that I've done on this topic. So if it's something that you are still working through, those go into a lot of detail. So don't stop here. Just go into those episodes um, for more concrete examples, more perspective, strategies, tools, that sort of thing. Because this was sort of a Q&A overview. The winner of the general probiotic that I think is really amazing, Shelby MN. And it's actually Shell Bell, I think. Shell, S-H-E-L-L, Bell, M-N, Mary Nancy, or probably Minnesota. Email me, Elizabeth at primalpotential.com. Within 60 days of this episode airing, let me know that you were the winner of 1064. Include your mailing address, and I will get those probiotics in the mail to you. I'll also put the link in the show description in case any of the rest of you want to check them out. It does have a huge 
impact on things like hunger, cravings, hormone balance, um, depression, anxiety, all of the above. So check it out. Have a great day. I'll chat with you soon.